Here it is. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Three months later, the 12th Sunday of the book of Ephesians, we are going to complete, complete in Christ today. Okay, you're sad. I'm, I'm kind of sad because when you preach in the expositional series, you know exactly where you're going next weekend. That's why some people skip different weekends. Like, like when I preached on marriage, I noticed a lot of people didn't like the submissive part, so they didn't come. Also, it got less views than other No, yeah, I'm teasing. Hey, here's what I want to say. This weekend, we're going to uh, finish this series in Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians 6. And as you turn there, starting in verse 10, we'll go to the end of the chapter. It's called your battle armor. I, I love armor. I, I, I've told you many times, this is something that I consistently, daily practice to put on the armor. But we'll get there in a minute. It's like you, you can't uh, afford to leave home without it. You just... Hopefully this morning you got up and there was some time of meditation, reflection, devotion, prayer, and you put on the armor of God. But uh, I would say we've got to be careful what we do every day. We've got to be careful what we say, who we listen to, uh, what we laugh at, who we hang out with, what we allow into our mind, to our heart, because it has an impact. It has a profound impact. Because behind so much of that in media and different things, we know is Satan himself, the accuser of the brethren and uh, we have to be careful about how we raise our family, how we spend the money the Lord entrusts to us. We have to be careful if we're telling the truth, or we have to be careful about avoiding temptation. And on and on, I could do issue after issue that, that seems to come against us. But I know this, if we're willing to submit to the Scripture and to put on the armor of God and listen to God daily, we can rise up in courageous faith and be victorious over our adversary and the church said i mean we just we win this morning every time for 22 years if i ever talk or teach on satan against the principle of darkness the prince of this world something happens i apologize in jesus name to you now when you go out and your tires are flat it's my fault no it's not my fault it's the devil this morning Man, I was having challenges last night. I was like, man, why? It's been an awesome weekend with our kids and worship and all this. And then it's like, man, just challenging my mind and all this stuff racing. I said, but it's going to be an amazing day in the house of the Lord. And this morning I came here and said, man, how's it going? And Kevin looked at me with only the eyes that he has. He goes, I can't lie to you, Pastor. That's not good. I looked at Tim. Tim had a headset on, and he was in deep thought. Tim can multitask. He was not multitasking then. He was focused. So I got to tell you, when you go against the devil, against the adversary, he's going to come after you. Hello? How many of you realize you're in a war? Hello? Wake up. Okay, you're in a war, a big war. And you have to stand your ground. You have to, all right, so let's look here. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and the power that he provides for us as children of God. Um, we, we prepare for battle this morning. And I'm, I'll probably teach you some, maybe something new. I hope and pray the Holy Spirit gives you something new that you walk away with. There'll be a rehearsal of some things that probably you already knew, repetitions that you need to know again. But I know that we have a battle cry and we need to overcome. Look at verse 11. He says these words. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, when he says that, man, that just kind of scares you, doesn't it? That just makes for a good movie. 
spiritual forces, darkness, all this abounding. But yet, stand your ground, stand in your place, resist the enemy, be strong in the might of Jesus Christ, in the resources, in the power that he gives you. Well, my grandson, sometimes he goes, I got the power. I go, I got the power. No pop. I got the power. I'm going to say to you, we all got the power in Jesus. Amen? Some of you need to be jacked up this morning. Come on now, church. Man, this is Palm Sunday. We're headed toward resurrection, the, the biggest day in the calendar of the Christians. And I'm, I'm thinking, and here, I'm going to give you a thought to write by verse 12. WWF. Sound like I've gone into a wrestling federation or something. Wrestling and wicked forever. WWF. That's who Satan, our accuser, our adversary is. He is forever for this time. But one day, oh, I can't wait. He gets cast, pinned down in the lake of fire forever. And we hear from him no more. Is that good news? Oh, man, I'm excited about that. While we're of this world, while we live in this world, he will be around. He's the second greatest force in the world, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's Jesus. Lord, we trust you. We look to you. And different translations say we're not fighting against humans. We're fighting against forces and authorities, against rulers of darkness and powers of this spiritual world. That's the contemporary English version. The New Living Translation says we're fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Or No, let me read that. We're not fighting against them. We act like we are. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. When I said that, I said, that didn't sound right. But against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It sounds like to me, God has framed me and you. Warfare is part of it. Did you ever notice before you came to Christ, you didn't even realize that you had an adversary? You come to Christ sometimes, or most of the time, and then you feel like, what happened? There is peace, there is joy, there is forgiveness, all those things that are byproducts of following Jesus. And also, you sign up against the enemy, and it's like things begin to come against you. How many of you, if you agree with me, say an amen? I mean, that's just the, that's the life we live as a Christ follower. But there's four facts. I want you to fill them in the box. Get ready to write. Number one, they're numerous satanic opponents um, they they come at us principalities powers darkness authorities they're they're different expressions ranks categories of satan demonic forces i will say this for satan he is highly organized he knows our weak spot do you know what i'm saying turn to the person next to you go he knows your weak spot turn and tell them now turn to the other person saying he knows your weak spot and if anybody next to you, bring them next Sunday, okay? There you go. All right, number two. They're powerful. These satanic opponents, they're very powerful. I like what J.B. Phillips, he's a, he was a Greek scholar, and he wrote, this Bible didn't catch, a, a, the translation didn't catch a ton of traction, but his wordsmith is rich. And I have a paper copy that I bought about 30-something years ago, and listen to what he says. It's in your notes. Spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. That's a demonic force that comes against you. And I'm just telling you, man, we need to rise up in that in the strength of Christ. Look at the third one. These opponents are wicked. They're powerful. They're persistent. They're evil incarnate. I mean, it's just, it's just bad. They're, they're opposed to everything that we stand for 
is a Christ follower. And the fourth one, look at it quickly. They're clever. Paul speaks of schemes, uh, diabolical plans. He talks about masquerading in the scripture as angel of light. The, the devil does. You know, the devil never just comes to you and goes, Hey, I'm Satan with a red suit and a pitchfork. I'm here to get you. Man, it just doesn't happen that way. You know, oh, oh that was funny. Okay. And, but, uh, but hopefully we recognize the cunning, deceitful tactics of our enemy. You know your enemy studies you? He knows where you're weak. He knows where you're subject to falling. And he, have, have you ever noticed this about warfare? It hammers and hammers and hammers, hopefully to make you weak. But when I think about hammer, I think about Jeremiah says, God's word is a, a fire in my bones. God, hammer us by the word of truth. We'll talk about truth in a minute. So we have a real battle here. This struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against darkness and forces and principalities. Now, let's be real honest. So many times we make it about people. Like, I can't believe them. Now, I'm not gonna, I'll give you this. Satan does work through people. Don't look at anybody right now. It's like, yeah, I know. He's working really good through you. But it's not them. It's the force behind that. It's the, it's the legion of hell, the, the demonic, the satanic that has been set forth. And yet we see it expressed, manifested, if you will, through people. A lot of times we call them out, and, and they shouldn't live or act like that, but behind that is the darkness, the dark world that we talk about today, that rulers, authorities. And yet, here's what I know. We go, that mayor, that governor, that congressman, that president, that this, that, that, evil, evil, evil. And we ought to go, man, what's behind that? What's causing that? Let's pray protection over our leaders. How about that, church? Just write it down. We'll talk about prayer as we finish this out. But it explains here that we must look at the next verse, what he says to us. He tells us something we must do. What does he say? In verse 12. For our struggle, I, I read that in verse 13, I'm sorry. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and then we'll begin to break down the the armor of god but let, let's look at this this invisible war that stretches across the cosmos across the world it's, it's uh satan is over the whole world he he's he's the prince of this world and yet we have the prince of peace the lord jesus are you grateful for jesus this morning he's peace he's righteousness he's holiness he's a warrior he's my warrior is he your warrior that's what Palm Sunday is about. He's getting ready to go be a warrior for eternity. He's going, getting ready to go be a warrior for sin, to be a sacrifice. And that's a, all right, let's go. So what's, what's Satan trying to do in your life? Just write this down, just a little extra bonus. What's Satan trying to do in your life? Number one, he's trying to frustrate you. Has he done a good job? You know what I know about Satan? He's real good at what he does. He destroys people real well. He loves to frustrate the plans of God and the Christians if we'll listen to him. And here's what else I know about him. He loves to attack when you least expect it. Don't you wish he at least gave you a notice? But that's where we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and say, God, lead me. God, guide me. God, protect me. Protect my mind. We'll, we'll talk about how to do that in a minute. And, uh, and we need to uh, 
cast him away. But here's Satan's greatest tool, I think. It is in my life anyway. Discouragement. Have you, have you tasted discouragement lately? Who do you think's behind discouragement? The devil himself. He wants to discourage us from the righteous things that God has called us to as followers of Jesus. And this morning, I pray that you're encouraged in your faith. Or you leave here, you will be encouraged in the things of God. But it could be that discouragement has found a place. It's found a, an open window. It's found a place to come in and to rest. And it might be that God begin to build me up, begin to infuse me with hope and faith, even this morning, Lord, that I'll turn from that and I'll turn from this angel of light. But God's intention for Christians is that he gives us equipment he gives us things to put on. And by doing that, it, it's powerful. It, it helps us to overcome. But I want to give you a few verses that are going to come up here. There's three different ones. They're not in your notes. Do, do you see them here? The, the first one is going to be um, uh, John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right? Look at the next one. I want you to see this. Resist the devil and he'll what? He'll kiss you. No. Resist the devil and he will flee from you and then look at the third one just write these down some of you love to take notes and you love to put down scriptures to go back and meditate and they overcame they overcame satan himself by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony if you're in christ this morning you have a testimony you testify to that which you were who you are now and who you are becoming in the grace of christ I love that about Jesus. How many of you are grateful today that Jesus is not through with you? I mean, I am. Does anybody here have some work to do? Or no. Has God got some work to do in you? Man, right. Doug, yes. His wife's not even in here, and he said that boldly. You know. And, and we all do, man. We, we're a mess. We're a wreck. But grace, man, it rearranges, it redevelops, it recreates, it makes us new. It gives us staying power to overcome and so here, so we, we, we get tempted, and yet, I know this, we face, write this down, this is good, we face a defeated foe. Satan has lost at the cross. He's defeated, but he is still, God's allowed him to have power still in this world system that we live in. And while we have to put up with that, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can help us choose the right path of joy he can help us choose the right path of righteousness. He can lead us in the ways that lead to peace. Or we can just sign up or we can just submit to the devil and go, man, I'm messed up, but he's real, he's powerful, he's wicked, he's clever. But you know what I love about Calvary? It deals, it gives a, it issues a death blow to Satan himself. And that dude had to do a jig after the cross. He thought, though, after the death of Jesus, he thought, man, I've won. And then there was burial. But man, I'm excited about next weekend. You ought to bring somebody with you. Have I told you? Next Sunday is Easter. That'd be a great day for somebody to be born again. Amen? How many of you can invite people and bring people with you next weekend? Raise your hands high. Oh, wait a minute. Raise them high. I want to see them. Now, we're going to be checking at the door and see if you're on it. If not, go back out the door and get them and come back. Man, feed them lunch. Feed them brunch. Well, brunch would be a little late, but I, yeah, it might be okay. Uh, don't do brunch before. You, that, that 10, 15 crowd, God help us. You, you be getting at 11, 15. Hey, I'm here. Hey, we met an hour ago, but glory to God. You know, come back next year. Okay, here we go. 
All right, let's keep going. Here, write this down. Satan doesn't fight fair. Little kid. Mama, mama, daddy, it ain't fair. Adults, it ain't fair. You know, it's just always been immature to say it's not fair. But I'm going to say this about Satan. He doesn't fight fair. But I tell you what, God gives the armor of God. And my grandson wants to illustrate to you about how to fight. I want you to watch this video. Okay. Uh, yeah, there you go. Hey, no shame here. That's my grandson. Hey, little preacher. I wish you could have seen one that he did, but he's three years old, so then we tried to recreate it. That ain't happening. So we gave him 22 donuts, M&Ms. No, no, no. He, he does. He, he listens to his stories. He listens to his teachers over here. He listens to his mom and dad. He's learning to pray. He knows about this armor. We buy him all kind of stuff. We'll basically don't tell him. We'll buy him anything he wants. But, <laughs> stop it. But his Mimi found this armor of God one day and came home. And I love it that he's learning to be a little champion for Christ as a little kid. He's learning about the armor of God. He goes, I got the power. Well, you do. And when the Holy Spirit gets in, you really got the power. The only thing is he don't want to share the power yet, okay? But, it, but it'll come. He's three years old. Come on. Some of you are like, yeah, but the kid, at least he knows the armor. I don't even know that. Well, here it is, Ephesians 6. All right, I love it. All right, let's keep going. All right, no, no more videos about my family today, okay? So you're like, glory to God. Okay. Schemes, tactics, traps, all that stuff's of the devil. He sets them up for you and I every day. He doesn't fight fair. Uh, he, he doesn't even give us a break. <laughs> so many times he just... He's relentless, and he keeps pursuing us that he might discourage us, that we might have let doubt fill our mind and heart. And yet God wants to help us to overcome those weaknesses. There's those unusual uh, temptations that come to you, the delays that seem to enter our minds that keep us from obeying the Lord. There's those prolonged bouts of discouragement that I've talked about that might hit you. There's those seductive appeals for sinful compromises that come to us from darkness. There's a desire sometimes that wells up. You don't know where it comes from to give up on your faith. And here's what I encourage you today. Do not give up. Stand a little longer. Blessed is the man that is endures, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life for those that God loves. Amen? Endure. You're saying, but I'm tired. Fight a little longer in the might, in the power of Christ. Stand firm. But let's look at the parts here. The, he paints a picture of the Christian complete, that's been the series, complete in Christ. He gives us the complete armor. He gives us six components this morning. <laughs> I know that's five, six. He gives us six components to address. Now, 
they're listed a little different than I teach you all the time. And I start with my head because it's the biggest. No, I start with my head because it's on top of my head. And I put on my helmet, my breastplate, my belt, and my shoes. And I carry my shield and my sword. And that's the way I teach you because it just all flows naturally. And that's fine. And I don't think God's upset if you put it on that way. But the Word of God gives it a little bit different order. If you notice, he starts with what? The belt of truth. So fill it in there. Here it is. The weapons of our warfare is the belt of truth. So let's move over here to verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Buckle it up. Suit up, if you will, friend. In this, in this putting on, he shows us later that the sword's the offensive weapon, but the belt was about six to eight inches wide. It was, it was made of leather. It was... Um, it had the it had a dagger a knife attached to it and it had leather and it had like longings of metal that would hang to it and it was protective gear this and everything else like hinged to it the 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 guys in those days they wore like it almost like they wore scottish kilts and, and those are kind of funny looking to me i'm so glad we don't wear kilts how many of you are glad we don't wear kilts in america I am, because we got some ugly legs. And, uh, but, but, I mean, that's just the way it is. But they, they, they put on this belt of truth, and they needed to be attached to that. It was a, a symbol that they were ready to fight, because everything else would hook in and would latch into this. And they would surround, everything else would surround to the, the belt of truth. And they would put on the truth of God's word in their hearts spiritually, but they would put on this belt and things would, would hook to it. They, they had to have the belt. Have, have you ever left the house without a belt and you're like, uh-oh, I need a belt. Has that ever happened to anybody? Okay, well, as you get heavier, you know, the belt's not quite as critical. But, 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 but I still like my belt. And like, you know, right now I got, a thing, uh, I got a pack on my belt. And you wear your belt. The belt's important. The belt of truth is important that you, you put it on every day because a Roman soldier knew that the belt held everything together in place. It also, they, they had these long tunics many times. And I got to tell you, have you ever ran, have you, guys, have you ever run in a skirt? I hope not. But have you ever, if you have, we got to talk this afternoon. But when you have a long flowing drobe, drobe, I don't know what a drobe is, a robe, you have to pull it up and they had to cinch it in that belt. Here's what I tell you, I'm a pastor. I have an ecclesiastical robe. I was given it many years ago when I became a pastor, and it has its black, velour, heavy, wool, blanket, sweat. Thank God I don't have to wear it in this room. And, uh, and I do it in weddings. I love it. It has the cross on it. So it's long, and when I walk downstairs, you laugh. Pastor has almost kegged many times. I've almost tripped many times. And when you go back up, you, you've learned to pull your robe up, and you walk up like this. And your girl's going, you're a fool. I tell you, guys, if you ever wore a robe, you know what I'm talking about. You're saying, well, I wore robes at graduations and stuff. I know, but this is kind of the attire they like for pastors to wear in liturgical things or weddings. So anyway, so I understand that about, so they would, they would take this, this stuff and they would like tuck it in so they wouldn't trip. I mean, can you imagine a soldier? I'm ready for battle. And he's running and he trips. Dude, you're toast, okay? You don't win. So girding up his loins. It's not a word that we use today, but it means his thighs, and he's ready. And, uh, and the breastplate would attach to it that it might be tight and secure. Right by the, here, by the word truth, put the word secure. The belt of truth makes us secure as believers in Jesus Christ. I, I love this part. Uh, let's move on here because 
I, I could talk on this, this truth all day and, 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 and really kind of want to, but let me get you to the breastplate of righteousness. When, when you look at this one, the breastplate was obviously worn on the chest, and the breastplate protects the what? The organs of the body, primarily the heart. And God wants us to put on the breastplate his righteousness, and it protects our heart. You know, I tell you all the time, our heart is the center of our being. It's the essence of our core of who we are, our mind, will, emotions, everything. Our heart. God, you protect our hearts. But when we think about breastplate, we think about knights in medieval countries and, and, and they're cumbersome and, you know, <laughs> like Frankenstein. And, and, and you walk around. And you, but these were a little shorter garbs, but, but this breastplate would, would protect them. And, and that's what it is spiritually. God wants to protect our hearts from the assault of, of the evil one. Let, let, let's keep going here. So we put it on, and, and, and this, in this thing, we, we, uh, we, so we have the belt of truth, and that's the word of God, and, or here, and, and we're reading, studying it, and saying, God, cover me. Help me to be um, uh, pure to you. Help me to have right standing with you. Righteousness. Righteousness means, God, here it is. When we put on our breastplate, let it symbolize, and God, help me to make the right choice in my heart is this protects me protect my my heart my my thinking you know what i've learned that we do with kids we go make the right choice we love to tell kids that i'm telling you and myself let's make the right choice as a follower of jesus that protects us from sin amen does that help i mean you're saying wow he's kind of got this thing about right standing with god and that's the other thing, the righteousness of Christ is perfect, and we take on his righteousness to protect us. It makes us pure and acceptable to the Father. But when you and I compromise morally, spiritually, it's like we just discard, we, we throw off the, the breastplate, and then we're just open to the attacks. But look at the third one, the shoes of the gospel of peace. He tells us to put on those shoes that, that carry the good news you know, in those days, they'd have sandals, and you're thinking, sandals, man, there ain't nothing protective about a sandal. My ankles right now hurt just thinking about sandals as I get older. I used to wear a lot of sandals, and, and now as my feet are kind of crazy, the, the, it, it just hurts. I mean, I, I, I'm looking for support. Do you know what I'm saying? If you know what I'm saying, say amen. And the rest of you are young and dynamic, and your feet don't hurt, and you wear shoes for style. I have this thing, me, me and Donna were at the beach, and I, I got some ice cream. That's a good thing to do at the beach. And, and, and these girls walked in to get ice cream, and, and they're a bunch of high school girls. Yeah, you know, they're la, 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 they're doing their thing. And, and they come in there, and all of them had on shoes that were about this high. And they're all elevated like this, walking around. And one little girl, bless her heart, she come in trying to be the coolest, and she kegged. She tripped right in front of me. It took everything in me not to laugh. And then she got up and she was displaying her shoes, you know. But, but these shoes, they, they had sandals, but they had, they had cleats on the bottom, that they, spikes that they would grip. If you've got a kid at your house and they, they want to play soccer or football or baseball or rugby, or we don't have rugby around here, or some sport, what do you do? You go out and you get them shoes that have spikes that they don't lose their footing. And that's what he's saying here. Don't lose your footing. Stand. I mean, if you're falling, man, you get beat up. 
and, and you want to stand. And so it's these, gos- these gospel shoes, in, in this day, can I be graphic? In these days, they had a lot of bloodshed. So there'd be blood all over the ground. It would be slick, and people could slide. And these spikes would dig in as they put on the shoes of the gospel that helped them stand firm. I love when Romans says and they would carry the good news. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to carry the news of Christ to our lost and dying world. And uh, so we, uh, it, the, 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 the shoes here, they fortify us. They strengthen us. They enable us to walk. God, thank you for the shoes of the gospel. Look at the fourth one. Then he holds up that shield of faith. Those missiles, those fiery darts that would come and penetrate possibly, they get knocked out before they get there. Carry that shield of faith with you every day. Sometimes you have to just remind yourself, man, I'm in a war. I'm losing Jesus. No, Jesus, you are victorious. I don't fight for victory. I fight from victory to victory. Amen? You're my victorious one. I I look to you redemptive mighty christ strengthen me help me here lord so these fiery darts that come against us we uh, experience them so many times uh temptations come to us bam just out of nowhere where did if you ever ask yourself where did that come from does anybody ever ask yourself where did that come from you're trying to live for Christ. You came to church. You gave your tithes. You served. You loved God. You witnessed your faith. Man, it's you, you and Jesus. You think, man, Billy Graham is no more. I'm the next Billy Graham. Okay, I got it. And I don't know if you think that much of yourself. And then all of a sudden, boom, man, where did that evil, wicked, lustful, greedy, sinful, lying thought come from? Where did, where did it come from, church? From the dark, from the evil one. He's just trying to set us up. Man, he's good at this. So the devil's uh, inventions, his tactics, they come in a thousand different ways. I mean, some of us might have some common uh, things that we share that we are attacked in. But some of us have some different ones, and they're, and they're real to us. And Christ died to help us overcome. So let, let's keep moving here. So the heart here. The, this, uh, so we, we've got this shield of faith. And I just ask you, man, take up the shield of faith. It, it, it's just critical. And then he talks about the, the helmet of salvation. You saw my little boy there, McLean. He looked good with his helmet, didn't he? I tried it on the other day. It looks ridiculous on Pastor Keith. I did not let him take a picture. Big head, little helmet, it's ugly, okay? But I did get it on my head. And, 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 the, and the whole thought, I, I, I played football a long time ago. And, and in football, you would be crazy to go out and play football without a helmet, wouldn't you? You wear a helmet because a helmet is a protective device. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't know what bike helmets were. And we survived. We also drank water out of a garden hose. But that's another story for another day. But I'm, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But I'm, I'm big, I'm big on helmets. Man, they're, they're, they're good for us. And, and I need to get one for my bike. I've quit riding it, but my wife is instructing me that you really need a helmet. This would be good, you know, in case you fall. And, and the thing is, she makes a great case. And the thing is, I'm getting old, so I could fall. You know what I'm saying? And uh, how many of you wear a helmet when you ride your bike? Okay, I take it, don't have you ride bikes. Okay, anyway, helmet. Put on your helmet. In the, in the game, you put on your helmet. You wouldn't go into a football game in a battle without a helmet. Man, you'd get all bruised up and you'd be messed up. Well, here it is. Put on that helmet that protects the mind, the thinking. 
the, the sinner God. Help us to, to, um, to, to overcome. Help us to, uh, and, and Lord, you know what? Nothing can separate us from your love. And Lord, so I put on that helmet to have a clear mind, to have a protective mind. Lord, that I can wage in the battle. And then look at the sixth one here. So the helmet of salvation, put it on, hold your heads high and rise up. And number six, the sword of the spirit. Take up the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit's the offensive. You know, the sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. It's the only weapon that the soldier of Jesus carried. And it's not just that you carried the, the logos, the, the entire word, and that's important. You take up the rhema, the rhema of God. And that's those passages that you know. That's the passages that you've meditated upon. That's those past passages that you've memorized. And those are the ones that you know. And when you are attacked by the evil one, you take up that which you know and you fight and you win. And the church said, that's why it's critical that we learn God's word and we know how to pray God's word in situations that are good or bad that we can declare victory and be victorious through Christ and his mighty power. God, you give us the word. And so I tell people all the time, I want us to be a word church. I want us to be, we're a worship church. We're worship-centric, but we're word-centered. That's why I teach the word. You need the word. The word, hey, I'm not going to go with you everywhere you go, but you can have the word. And when you will meditate and memorize the word, then you've got an offensive. You can quote it. You know, when Jesus was tempted, what did he say? I'm quoting Reader's Digest now. What did he quote? He said, well, I can quote some tweets. Well, they didn't have Twitter accounts then. <laughs> They'd been dumb anyway. What did Jesus quote? He quoted the Word of God. And the Word helps us stand. And that's our, our weapon, we, we, the real battlefield. So, Lord, help us. And then let's look at, let me move through here. I, 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 man, oh, running out of time. Look at verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Verse 19, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel. For I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. The apostle Paul knew that prayer so was important. And here's what I'd say to you. You've always been taught, or I have as I've read and studied this uh, you know, a lot over the years, and there's six pieces to the armor of God. But I'm going to submit there's seven. You know what the seventh is? Put on prayer. I think prayer holds all the rest of it together. Put on these elements of the, of the armor of God. Get equipped for battle. But if you want to be completed in battle, I think you put on prayer. So God, help us to have a prayer life. Jeremy, if you come to the piano, it's it just, it, 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 as we look at this, there, the, as we put on prayer, that's where we win in heavenly places with the the spirit of Christ, the might of Christ. And as I think about this, we, um, we are a great value to the enemy. The enemy targets us, but our prayers make a difference, one for the other and for ourselves. So I invite us to pray that we don't aim our bullets any longer at people because they look like they're the culprit. We aim our bullets at the dark place through the power, through the scripture, through the holiness of God. And we say, God, I want to rise up victorious in you. Lord, I, I trust you. Lord, you are the champion. You are the Christ. 
You are the risen one. I look to you, Jesus. I put on the armor. And in you, as I put on my armor and as I pray it all in, I'm victorious. I overcome. Oh, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. That's God's word for this Sunday morning. Be a people of the book. Let's follow him. Let's pray. Lord God, it is so good to be with your people on the weekends and help us to be arm bearers, that we put on the word of Jesus, that we put on the full armor of God, that we can withstand the schemes of the devil. Help us to stand in your might today, Father. Christ is our victor. Hosanna in the highest. Christ has risen that we might win forever. Guard our hearts and minds today in Christ. Lord, we love you. Draw us even now, Lord. If there's somebody unconvinced of Jesus today, let them cry out to the Savior and have their sins forgiven. Would you trust this Jesus? Would you cry out and ask Christ to invade your life wherever you sit? Lord Jesus, I want to make it about you. I want to be in the battle. But if I'm going to be in the battle, teach me to put on the armor. So I will walk in faith from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen.